Oh, Dwight, my sweet sugar pie, would you like to talk about vampires? Oh, Scott, that is the number one thing that I want to talk. This is not a Nandor face at all. <laughs> it's like Swedish. Yes, I would like to talk about the vampires on the vampire show, Writer's Bagel Basket. Don't oh, wow, that worry. completely devolved quick. <sighs> well, Dwight ruined that, but we're talking about what we do in the shadows, so you know what that means. It's in the basket. The Writer's Bagel Basket. Sing if you want to live long They have no use for your song You're dead, you're dead, you're dead You're dead and out of this world Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it! You owe me 15 grand, pal I love you! That's all I needed to hear Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curland. And I am Dwight Stearns. And we're talking Shocktober, baby. Is that kind of your thing? Like, you're going to have, like, electrical sounds? <laughs> it, am I supposed well, to do, like, like spin, spin ghoulie and have, like, sound effects? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. No, I picture you more of the uh, Elvira or Vampire type uh, with the uh, the cleavage going on, Scott. What's, on, what's the one from The Simpsons, Booberella? Probably. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds or like, like Vamboobra. Vamboobra. I like that. That's that's clever. I'm, I'm here for that. Or like Grandpa Phil from uh, Gremlins 2. Was that uh, was that Dick Miller? No, Dick Miller played uh, Dick Miller played Maury Futterman in the Gremlins franchise. Uh, I don't remember who played uh, Grandpa Lou in the second one. He was, but he was like a, a he was basically a, a Sven Gulli style. He actually looked like um, Grandpa Monster from the Monsters. It was probably Grandpa Monster. You know, it might have been. I wouldn't have been shocked. Although, I mean, it was like twenty years later, so that guy was probably way dead by that point. He didn't die until like the mid nineties. Oh well, that that was around the time of Gremlins too. Yeah, so we're talking about what we do in the shadows, the TV show. <laughs> Nothing to do with what we're talking about beforehand. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so this is my favorite episode um, of the entire series. It's The Trial from season one. I believe it's episode mm-hmm. seven or six. Uh, I think seven is correct. Yeah. Because six is what led into this. Uh, it was the Baron coming and partying on the town. So, Dwight, do you want to give us the TV guide rule? You're thumbing through uh, TV guide. TV guide? Oh my god. Jesus. I've never I don't think I've done a TV show one. I've done the movie box rule and now there's a TV guide rule. It's what the same the fuck it's is going on It's in this called show? the John Curland rule because my dad spent an entire fucking episode giving a synopsis for like what should have been a a paragraph. He went through the long kiss goodnight and I'm like, "Can I have a synopsis just really fast?" And he goes, "Well, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish." <laughs> So it's not the TV guide rule or the movie box rule. It's the John Curlin rule. So not only are you lying to me, you are well. It has three. It has three titles. It's the blockbuster rule, the TV guide rule, or the AKA the John Curlin rule. So the the trial 
if I'm flipping through TV Guide and I come across it, I don't know if I do this right every single time you make me do it. Um, so, uh, following the shocking revelation of the Baron's death in the previous episode, uh, Nandor, Laszlo, and Nadja, uh, three resident vampires from Staten Island, uh, have been summoned by the Vampire Council to answer for their perceived crimes. I think that would be, that's what I would find yeah. in the uh, in the TV guide. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's the, right. What was it, a quiz? Did I pass? And, and the vampire, <laughs> wow, you're frosty now. It is early. Uh, I'm drinking coffee. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 sharp today. I know this uh, I know this show really well, so I'm actually yeah. really excited to talk about it. Yeah, so the show is actually an example of when a TV show was a movie, but this time they do it right cuz they actually have the people who created it involved. Mm. So, for this season and the next one, uh no longer. I'm actually very nervous for season 3 because of that cuz Jermaine Clement's no longer a part of the writing room. But to be fair, all of the Jermaine Clement um ones that have like him as their main writer are actually some of my least favorites yeah this one excluded uh oh no he directed this one no he wrote this one um but like i'm not that big a fan of the ones with um uh what's that guy's name the the uh fuck colin robinson the douche the douche no i love colin robinson oh. colin robinson's amazing simon the devious that's it simon. anyways because <laughs> he wrote don't you remember the... this is 50s vampire I love I love the Simon the Devious's uh, crew, and how it takes them like seven years to go through them. But anyways, we are talking the trial. No, we're talking what we do in the shadows. Yes, but the episode is the trial. Um, so this one, I don't know how because little inside baseball for TV. If you're going to create a TV show, you have a small budget and per episode, and each episode gives you like a small stipend for a guest star. So like. When Brad Pitt was on Friends, they gave him like $3,000 for that episode. This has like every well-known vampire actor that's alive that isn't Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, or Robert Pattinson. Which they specifically call out in the show. Rob? What is Rob? He is... couldn't make it. We couldn't get Rob? Uh, no, I, I talked to Rob. He didn't, didn't want to come. want to leave it. That's right. Now you didn't want to be here. Kiefer? I don't see Kiefer. Kiefer said they wanted to do it, but he couldn't come. He was busy? Tom and Brad. Tom not, not interested. Not. Tom and Brad, well. Not into it. They're not committed like us. Um, yeah, it's actually really impressive. Um, it was one of those things when... So, do we want to actually go into what what, what, what you do in the shadows is first? Or? Yeah. Okay, because we'll get to that part. That, that part's really cool. But So, what we do in the shadows is... Was... A, a movie. Uh, it was a mockumentary movie um, written and directed by Jermaine Clements and Taika Waititi. Um, and I never remember the name of the third vampire who also, I believe, helped write it. Or yeah, uh, he's just a main part of it. But Deacon. <laughs> That's the name of the vampire in the movie. I don't yeah. remember the name of the actor. Yeah. I'm very bad at that. Um, but so it is a mockumentary about these like group of like I think it's four vampires that are living in New Zealand, yeah. um, in a major city in New Zealand, and it is just about their life and, and going about um, what each of them is doing, and it's it's absolutely hysterical, incredibly funny. They end up accidentally turning this one guy, so you have this really new young vampire who's learning the ropes and 
then you have uh, this new guy's best friend who is a human who ends up teaching all the vampires about modern technology, which is absolutely my favorite sequence in the movie. Um, each of the vampires is like kind of styled after a different um, movie vampire or era of vampires. There's a really like old Nosferatu looking one. There's one who's like based off of I think it's Tom Cruise um, or. So, Gary Oldman. Of, yeah, get one's based after Gary Oldman's Dracula. That's uh, Jermaine Clements, I think, is based yep. after that. Um, Taika's, I think, is his the mother. One. Oh, Ta- really? Taika based it after his mother because I guess how she acts, how she dresses, she wears a lot of the the Lucille Bluth color shirts. That's fantastic. And so it's all about them. And then um, so FX um, picked up uh, a the the series, which is. Basically, so I'm really happy with how they did this. Instead of just redoing the show or or redoing the movie in show form or like ignoring it, this movie or this is the episode where you find out really that this TV show takes place in the same universe as the movie. Um, So this whole vampire network, because the show takes place in Staten Island, New York. the whole show is, you know, same universe. So in this one, like I said at the beginning, our vampire friends have accidentally, they didn't do it. Guillermo did it. They were drunk on, on uh, drunk blood, on drug blood. So they don't remember what was going on the night before. All they know is they have woken up and the Baron, who is this like uh, old vampire from the old land, who is very, very powerful and well-respected, has been killed by sunlight and they need to... Um, they've been summoned in front of the vampire council to answer for their crimes. And that's when you realize, oh shit, this is in universe. And it's so cool. It's absolutely my favorite part. Because the leader of the vampire council is Tilda Swinton from Only Lovers Left Alive. Um, and (laughs) the princess of vampires is Evan Rachel Wood, which I didn't know that she, I don't watch True Blood. Haley had- True Blood, yeah. Haley had to explain it to me that she's the southern queen of the vampires. Oh, um, okay. I guess. I pre- I had to look up. Who, I didn't even know what Tilda Swinton was in that was vampires. Like, So everyone on the council, like once I think Danny Trejo showed up, I was like, oh, I get what they're doing here. Because I didn't know Tilda Swinton was in a vampire movie. Yeah. So as soon as I, I figured that out, I was like, who was everyone else? Like, cause I, And then Wesley Snipes shows up and... Paul, Paul Rubin shows up, and Evan Rachel Wood shows up, and that was someone who, like, both me and my wife were like, "Is that, is that Evan Rachel Wood? Like, what? <laughs> like, I've never really seen her in anything. I just know that she exists as a human." Yeah, and also before we had Batista, we had Dave Batista, who he's never been a vampire. Yeah, but he's not a part of the council. He was so I thought that was like the big like guest for the for the episode. Like, oh, cool, Batista's here. That was hysterical and awesome and like really, really unexpected. And then they go into the council room. Oh, also, um, Kristen Shaw. Uh, Kristen Shaw. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. But she, she's less of like a big guest star to me and more of like an actress who just shows up in everything. Also, she's friends with Jermaine Clement because she was on Flight of the Concords. Oh, okay. I've never actually seen Flight of the Concords. I've she's heard their very groupie. Good about it. Oh, that's awesome. Um. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about Flight, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. Yeah, I think that, um, so you've never seen Only Lovers Left Alive. That might be one of my favorite vampire movies because they're not, it's not like a traditional vampire movie. It's a Jim Jarmusch movie, but vampires happen to be at the forefront. They're not going around murdering people. 
um, when one person does, but that's like nothing. It's basically about how they contributed to society. Like you heard uh, it here first. Scott says murder is nothing. <laughs> Vampire murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> like uh, Tilda Swinton's character uh, is obsessed with books, and all she does is read and read. And her best friend is. Uh, John Hurt as the vampire version of Christopher Marlowe. <laughs> okay. That'll do it. And and um Tom Hiddleston's character basically is this musician and what he did is he created all this music and then gave other people credit for it. Like he wrote like the Messiah and had it like go to like Bach and Brahms and gave them credit. Mm. So he's Nadja and Laszlo, basically. I see what you're doing. Or, yeah, Nadja and Laszlo with Nadja. the human music group. I, I get what's going on here. Um, But it's good. His music is actually good. And he... uh, They wrote fucking Wannabe. Uh, yeah. Don't you tell me about good. <laughs> but he, he lives in Detroit because the city is so desolate and no one's really around there. He's like, no one will bug me. <laughs> oh... Ouch. So, so I I bet dollars to donuts that they tried to get Tom Hiddleston and he probably wanted to do it but couldn't fit it into his schedule. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I completely understand that. I also wouldn't be surprised if they did. I know that like they make the jokes in um as to whether or not they like they ask. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, sorry, I don't know what this coffee is doing to my throat. Um, I know they asked about uh Tom Hiddleston, not Tom Hiddleston, uh. Robert, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson and um, Tom and Tom and Matt. No, Tom and Tom and Brad. Tom, Brad, that's it. Thank you. Brad um, probably, Brad probably would have done it because I you, agree. Because he's been showing up randomly on TV shows, right? Yeah, and he and uh, he was it was Brad Pitt that was like the random cameo in Deadpool too. Like I feel like he's up for silly weird things like this. So the, the, I'm. I'm sure it's just either a budgetary thing or a scheduling thing for all of them because I don't know why they wouldn't want to be a part of this. Like, I feel personally, if um, Jermaine Clement and Taika Watiti approach you and ask you to do something at this point, they have more than enough clout to be like, "Yes, we will. We will help you out in some capacity." Yeah. So, because um, I know Brad Pitt, he was originally cast as Cable. In Deadpool 2, but scheduling oh, conflicts with um, uh, one of his movies, uh, I think it was Allied, the Zemeckis one, prevented him from doing that. Hmm. So so they he he's like, okay, if you give me a cup of coffee, if you pay for a cup of coffee for me, I'll show up and do whatever you want. Because he wanted to be Sugar Bear. Which one was Sugar Bear? I've only seen that movie. Was that Ter- Terry Crews' character? No, no, no. It was the the regular guy. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. That'd be awesome. That would have been funny too. <laughs> I but. think I'm gonna go home. Um, so yeah, I I just think the way they did this because the whole it's kind of like a bottle episode. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because most of it takes place in the 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 council of vampires um but uh tilda swinton as the queen of the vampires <laughs> and uh also the paul rubens reference is pretty good too like well because yeah, that's from buffy right that's buffy the vampire, the vampire slayer yeah rumor has that they tried to get rugger howard but he's way too sick oh that sucks 
He's passed since then, hasn't he? Yeah. Or yeah, I think that, he died yeah. this year, that year. Rip. That that blows. But um, I mean, th- who they got was fantastic. Like the uh, and so I really like what they did with it because um, it was very clear that every like everybody was shot on a green screen, like because they're all just standing still in their little um rows of of stuff and like whenever they cut to someone it's always a a single shot always a close-up and they never like move from their spot and on some of them you can tell it's a little wonky but then for wesley snipes they had him skype in which is so fucking genius because i'm sure they could have just like sat him in front of a, a a green screen as well but that was absolutely amazing and like that was also super the moment when I was like, oh, they're just like, because they call them like Daywalker. Or like these yeah. people are, so it's supposed to be implied that all of these vampire movies all have taken place like in the same universe as well, which is just such a fun little like thought piece type of thing. Although some of it doesn't make sense because I don't know much about True Blood, but I'm pretty sure like vampires are known to the world in that show. Maybe. Kind of. Well, to that, that small southern town. Oh, okay. So yeah, I... I I've never seen the show, so I couldn't. Yeah, I I watched but. the the pilot, and that was about it. Hmm. Fair. Yeah. Um, I still think that that having Wesley Snipes Skype in and and him just being like behind everyone, and everyone's like, nobody likes you, Wesley. <laughs> and of course, Colin Robinson is on the council. Yeah, I like um. So Colin Robinson is a character, and we haven't really talked about much about the show itself, other than like the the guests, which is cool. But um, Colin, so of the four main vampires, um, Colin Robinson was my least favorite to begin with, um, and I wouldn't say I have like a outright favorite or anything like that at this point, but or or an outright least favorite at least. But Colin Robinson has like elevated himself as the show's going on to like show that he can really go toe to toe with the rest of them, and I think that a lot of that was by design. Uh, at the beginning, because Colin Robinson is an energy vampire, which is different from your regular vampires, because he feeds on the emotional energy of people, and like he like drains the way that like he 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 bores them to death with his stories, basically, and then feeds off of their boredom. Which and is there's different energy hysterical. vampires. Yeah, there's emotional vampires, which is what Evie is. You find her in one Vanessa one Bear. Thing. Yeah, it's so like it's just so funny. Like uh, he is actively elevated so when he shows up on the council and he's just like hey guys like it's comes out of nowhere and you're not expecting it and it was absolutely hysterical because also he he's the type of guy who would just be on he's even said before he goes to city council meetings because they're feeding grounds that's literally the plot of the second episode of the series yeah yes and also with with the different types of uh, energy vampires, the emotional one, when they basically go to a restaurant, Colin and Evie, and they basically tell the plot of the real life plot of Gypsy Rosalie. Like, I have Munchausen's and I have Munchausen's by proxy. See, I've never, I didn't know that, what that was. I've never seen Gypsy Rosalie. Is that what you said? Gypsy, Gypsy Rosalie Blanchard. Um, it's bas- It's a real thing. It was a. Oh. a it was basically what um, the Hulu series "The Act" is about. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't know the real name, but I've known about you know that Gypsy, uh, not Gypsy, uh, Munchausen by proxy. Like I'm aware of what that is. I didn't know that was the name of the person. I'm yeah, a, I'm big. I'm big ignorant boy. Um, but yeah, 
also the way they they get so like inside baseball on everyone's career um how they call out Danny Trejo never wearing a shirt that, he never puts on his shirt never so funny absolutely amazing oh and I don't know if we actually mentioned this um but Jermaine Clement Taiko Atiti and the guy who plays uh, uh Damon Deacon. or whatever Deacon, um, they're they're on the council. Like they're like three of the leading vampires on the council, and um, that is what cements this together with the um, with the remaining what we do in the shadows universe. And it was such a fun and cool, clever way of getting them in. And I got so excited when I saw them. Like the rest of the vampires, cool, great. All I care about is Taika. Uh, <laughs> so it made me so happy when I when Taika showed up, uh, and. It made me very disappointed in the second season when, spoiler alert for the second season, but only Jermaine Clement's vampire comes back. Um, Vlad, Vlad, no, is it Vlad the Impaler? Or Vlad, Vlad the Poker. Vlad the Poker, thank you. Uh, based on Vlad the Impaler. But uh, that made me sad, and I hope that they all come back for later episodes, or later well, seasons. I don't know if, if Vlad is going to come back, because spoilers for the last episode... Doesn't he die? No, no, no. I, I watched this episode multiple times, and I, I rewound it multiple times. They very specifically show him turning into a bat right before everything happens. He escapes. He he definitely gets out. So he will definitely be back. Also, I love how you find out in this episode that Laszlo is a horrible human being. Like uh, Laszlo's a vampire. He's a horrible vampire. He's just a... Uh, he, he turned a baby into a vampire because he was bored. <laughs> Not my finest moment. Uh, also, he was Jack the Ripper, by the way, which was hinted at in an earlier episode, but he just comes straight out and says it. I was Jack the Ripper, um, which is pretty awesome. I do like his ending thing. So at, this is at the end of the episode after they've been sentenced, um, and we've left the, my favorite character out thus far, but we will talk about him shortly, I'm sure. But... um. At the end of the episode, uh, they're like being sentenced to death by sunlight, um, which is a fucked up thing to do because they're in like this well and the sun's slowly coming overhead and it's like coming at them or like uh, the, the shadows are slowly receding and what they are doing in the shadows is all about to die. Um, and as the, they're, they're pr- professing their like regrets and, and what they did during their lives. And one thing Laszlo says is like, I wish I had more sex or I forget what the exact words were, but I wish I'd screwed more or something like that. And now he's like, you do that loud. He's like, I still wish I did more. It was made me chuckle. Laszlo's my favorite character. Oh, especially, Laszlo's amazing. Especially when he is Jackie Daytona. Um, see, that's, was that the episode I wanted to do? I think it was. Um, I forget. No, I think I wanted to do... Baron's Night Out, because I think that one might be my favorite. But Jackie, uh, Jackie Daytona on the on the run, yeah, Baron Night Out is my favorite. Because on the I, run, sorry, go. Oh, because I was going to say that we could talk about what happened in Baron's Night Out in this episode, because eh. they're technically connected. They really are. It's basically like a two parter. Um, but on the run is amazing because not only is Mark Hamill in it, but the whole Jackie Daytona subplot. I loved the way they did it, where he like they just like. For an entire commercial break, they did not cut back to the original, to the rest of the cast. It was just Laszlo as Jackie Daytona, and it was uh, the Matt Berry show. It it was so good. I absolutely loved it. I mean, he's my favorite character because they they give him the most backstory. Like you find out that he was the first porn star, um, <laughs> like when they invented 
moving photographic pictures called cinema. Then they invented pornography. And <laughs> a I week was... later, they invented <laughs> pornography. But I, I just love like all of the him describing all of the porn that he was in and mm-hmm. him just going, uh, <laughs> the surprise is that they're all chaps. <laughs> and I don't at think first, you might understand what's going on. But at first, I'm all surprised, and then I like it. <laughs> so good. Um, my favorite character is hands down Guillermo. He is such a sweet little boy, and everything that he does like warms my heart. And it. I, he is like so innocent and beautiful and yes, he just master. wants to be he just wants to be a vampire and uh, Nandor is being a big mean jerk and just uh yanking him around and he's never going to make him into a vampire and he's he's a big big bully to Guillermo and Guillermo just loves his master and just wants to to help him out hey master these are pretty macabre like everything Guillermo does is fucking hysterical like well, I the crazy thing him. is that he um he's a van helsing yes that and that that was so amazing so you find out in the last episode of the first season that guillermo has van helsing blood and then he becomes a fucking vampire slayer accidentally in the second season like he doesn't want to be doing this he still wants to be a vampire more than anything else but he like ends up killing like he by the end of that season he's killed like at least 50 vampires like it's so many um it's absolutely amazing uh so good so the entire trial is because the baron i would say that guillermo accidentally killed the baron because they were supposed to be in their coffins Mm because the sun was coming up and and Basically, Guillermo was coming to work, and he opened the door and lit the Baron on fire because sunlight came in. Yeah, he was uh, coming back from getting all the stuff that they had asked him to get at the beginning of the episode. So perfect setup, like so well set up. Um, but yeah, so he ends up accidentally killing the vampire, the Baron, with with sunlight, like you said, and like that. I think is his first confirmed kill, um, which is. But I I think the van- the Baron's not dead. I am 100% convinced the Baron's going to come back. Um, the, nobody can tell me otherwise. Because yeah, his eyes light up. Yes, thank you. When they give him his last little bit of blood, his eyes light up. He is 100% coming back. And I think they wanted him to come back in the, in season two, but they couldn't get Doug Jones' just schedule to align. But, um, yeah, Baron I is so Doug great. I really can't, I want him to come back. I would have totally guessed that Doug Jones was supposed to be Vlad at the end of that episode. That would have been such a cool reveal. Yeah, Yeah. that would have been an amazing reveal. Yeah, um, I don't think they... I think the the actor they originally had cast for that role or whoever it was going to be uh, fell through. And so, like, um, I think Jermaine Clement just happened to be in town and they were like, hey, can you do this? And he was like, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, So I think that's the main reason as to why... uh, Vlad was even in the last one, but I'm so happy he was because it just, I like that type of connectivity, like that, that connective tissue between the movie and the show. And I think that those characters need more to do. I just also thought of like another actress that they could have had on the vampire council. They could have had Saoirse Ronan. She was in a vampire movie. Was she? Which one? Byzantine. 
supposed to be the sequel. The guy who made um, Interview with the Vampire wanted to do another vampire movie, but it kept getting delayed and delayed because no one... They're like, this isn't fun like Interview with the Vampire. This is sad and boring. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, you know who I wish was still alive, who would have been great for this, is uh, Leslie Nielsen. I feel like he would have been up for this, and that would have been a blast to see him there. I mean, the council's dance, the dance of the council members that they've spent <laughs> decades, that's such a Taika Waititi, Jemaine Clement type of thing. And my question is, did they actually have like Tilda Swinton and them? Because I know Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi were there dancing, but yeah. did, did they actually have them? Because I would have loved to see Danny Trejo in practice. I, I'm going to say I doubt it. Uh, just based on the way they shot the rest of everyone, um, probably no. But you know what? For you, Scott, yeah, they were all there. They were just wearing masks, and they had big flowy gowns in their face. So um, it's sad that they didn't just show it. But yeah, it's weird that they would put in all that time and then not even show them doing it. Strange. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. I try. Um, But... I also love that Batista is is so when they go to meet the council, they think that Dave Batista and I don't know who the other actress is. I couldn't tell you either. Yeah. Like I know she's a New Zealand actress. That's all I know about her. Um, but they're just there and they think that they're the council. But they're not. They're they're two imprisoned people who have been there for thousands of years since nineteen thirty seven. It's not even a hundred years. Feels like a long time. <laughs> and I love that he's he got framed. He's the vampire that got framed for Laszlo turning a baby into a vampire. That moment when it clicks with Laszlo is absolutely hysterical. It's because he's just like, oh, and like you can just tell that he's like going to poop himself. <laughs> if vampires can poop, which they <laughs> can't. Uh, and uh, before I forget, the the name of uh, Deacon is uh, Jonathan Bro or Johnny Johnny Bro Brew B R U G H. Bra, so that... bra. There we go, Johnny Bra. Come on, Bra. What's up, Bra? Be good, Bra. Show me your Bra. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, but she was there because she defiled too much. She was called the Defiler, or I think that was. I think they had talked about her in a previous episode. If I might be wrong, but um, yeah, so funny. Also, we haven't even talked about Nadia, who we haven't. Nadia is beautiful and wonderful and the best. <laughs> and she, her last words before she thinks she's gonna die is Gregor. Oh man, I love the whole Gregor little subplot. I, I really hope that they they bring him back in some capacity. I know well, he's a ghost right now, but I hope that he continues to come back at least once a once a season. Um, yeah, it's so Nadia. So in the original um, movie, there was just you know the the four vampires. Three once one of them passes. Four once one another one gets turned. Um, I guess five then four. Um, they're all dudes, and it's it's a very dude centric movie. So having Nadia is amazing actually because it's this such needed like levity there's so much time so many times when she's just like yeah all they talk about is their dicks and and all they do is this this blah 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 and it's she's fantastic but she's just as horny and raunchy and disgusting as the men um which is phenomenal i absolutely love Nadja. she is 
one of my favorite parts. It's also, so unfair. Everything about the show is my favorite part of the show. She also turns Beanie Feldstein into a vampire. <laughs> right? Oh, man. So I hadn't seen... Um, Lady Bird. No, no. Um, Booksmart. Uh, thank you, that one. So I hadn't seen Booksmart when we first watched this. And then by the time we watched Booksmart, I had forgotten about Beanie Feldstein. No, okay. My history with this show. Uh, my wife and I watched the first like three episodes um, right after they first aired. And we were like, okay, this is fine. But we just never really continued on. So we got to see Beanie Feldstein's character. And then like a year later, after season two came out, we were like, oh, let's go back and watch it now. Um, and we had, by that point, we had seen Booksmart because I think uh, I got it for like Christmas or something like that. I think I got it for it for Christmas. Or maybe it was Black Friday. Who knows? Um, doesn't matter. We, so we had watched Booksmart by that point. And so we're watching what we do in the shadows and like halfway through the first Beanie Feldstein episode, we're just like, is that? No. Is it? And we were like, oh my God, it's Beanie Feldstein, which is like, so this is like, I think she did the show like right before she took off. Um, Cause that's, she part did of it the around why. the time she did um, Lady Bird. And I think a year before or six months before she did Booksmart. Yeah. So like right before she took off. So, yeah. Cause I don't think, she, did she, I, I haven't seen Lady Bird. I don't think she had that. Did she have that big of a role in Lady she's, Bird? Or? She's uh, Searsha Run and Psychic. Okay, so there you go. So, to the psychic in that movie? All right, fair enough. Um, well, best friend. We went off the rails. Oh, okay, okay. I got Sidekick, you. not psychic. Oh, oh, I thought you said it's her psychic, and I was like, wait, what? Psych- Do we still call people sidekicks? Is um, it sounds feels very nineteen uh, nineties. I like that. <laughs> I like that you still call people sidekicks. That makes me makes me <laughs> happy. But yeah, so Beanie is not in season two. They just show flashbacks, but. Yeah. I have a feeling she's going to show up in season three. I, I, once again, I had read an interview where she was supposed to come back in season two, but um, scheduling is so the the issue with this show is they shoot in like December and January every year. Like that's part of the reason why there's always snow on the ground when they're when they're outside because they shoot in it's somewhere in Canada, one of the cities in Canada, like Toronto or Quebec or something like that. Quebec, Vancouver. It might be Vancouver, it, it, maybe. Um, they, they shoot in somewhere in Canada, and so it's always very cold um, when they shoot outside. So, because um, I know that she was on Broadway, I, that's probably why she couldn't do it for season two because she was on Broadway in Hello Dolly. That would make sense with sounds about Bette right. Midler. I love Bette Midler. Um, don't know enough about her, but I just like her in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> That's enough for me to love her. <laughs> I still... So in this episode, they they call back the previous episode because the Baron has a familiar. And the familiar, they're like, oh, she doesn't talk. And then she starts talking and gives specifics from the previous episode. But you realize if you were watching out of context, everything the Baron does seems like they made him do it. Oh, yeah. Like... He wants to eat a pizza pie, and they're like, don't do it. And he basically throws up because it's got garlic in it, and also it's food. Well, yeah, anytime they eat food, they projectile vomit. And he ate, I think, like an entire slice of pizza and ends up projectile vomiting so hard that he gets propelled around an alleyway and is, like, slamming into dumpsters and, like, rooftops and stuff. It was um, pretty intense. 
I love Doug Jones. I've met Doug Jones a few times, um, and he's the sweetest man. That doesn't shock me. He's he seems so... like a, a big honeypot. Yeah, a honeypot. Yeah, yep. he's he's a big <laughs> he, honeypot. He's gonna honey. secretly seduce me <laughs> to no, get information. He, no, no, he's like Winnie. What Winnie the Pooh eats out of <laughs> a big old honeypot. Yeah, that's what he is. Just, um. Uh, Get, also, catching a lot of bees. I, I think one of the the greatest jokes, and it's so clever, is the superb owl. Yeah, that's actually um I, I don't know if this is like if they, they it's very possible they came up with that joke on their own. However, there's a subreddit um called Su- Super Bowl, which the Super Bowl subreddit uh hadn't been used in like seven years or something like that so people just started posting pictures of owls in it and that i don't know if that's where the superb owl joke came from but i know it's been like that for like five years at this point so i do anytime someone makes the superb owl joke it makes my heart smile i absolutely love that joke it's super funny also i'm convinced that laszlo's character is the same character that matt berry played on the it crowd because they're very similar um, I believe you. I've only seen one episode of the IT crowd, and it was the one where Matt Barry's character is introduced. And Matt Barry is just Matt Barry in anything that Matt Barry does. Um, Father! Watched... <laughs> that yep, that's exactly it. Um, I've also watched uh, Toast of London, or the I think like the first couple of seasons I've watched it. I watched and, an um, episode. It was hard to get into. Uh, I and um so. Everything past the first episode is uh, much better because the first episode was like a special and they recast a bunch of people for the later ones and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's that's just him. He is himself in everything that he does, which is very funny, I think. Also, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but he can sing. Like, he's a really good singer. Uh, in Toast of London, every episode, he sings a song. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> He's 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 a very good singer as well, and so is Nadja, um, <clears throat> Natasha Dormio or D.M. Dimitriou. So, so she hosts. Um, I guess the BBC they wanted a Great British Bake Off for basically everything. So there's okay. one for like flowers. It's like the Great Flower Pot Race, and she hosts it in one episode. She literally does Nadia. They're like, you're a vampire, right? And she goes, from Greece, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, she's amazing in everything. Um, I still... It's weird, because my least favorite character is your favorite character. You don't like Guillermo? Guillermo He's my my third. It's fine. He's my third. Third least favorite? Yeah. I think Colin <laughs> Robinson's my least favorite. Oh, Colin Robinson is growing on me. At this he's, point, I think they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to be equal at some point. My least favorite character who they kept bringing back was uh, was probably Simon. Simon. Absolutely. Um, he was I fine love in his first one. Uh, I, I like Nick Kroll. I like Nick Kroll. Um, I love him in Parks and Rec. I, I love. Um, I think he's hysterical in uh, whatever the thing he did with Tom Mulaney or John, John Mulaney. The, oh hello. Um, yeah. Oh hello. I loved them in Oh hello. I thought it was absolutely. I hysterical. look like Steven Spielberg if he had no money. <laughs> exactly. I really like Nick Kroll. Um, I just find 
I feel like a lot of the characters that he plays kind of feel the same to me. And Simon was fantastic when it was like when he was on top of the world and was like lording it over the the other vampires. Cause that has one of the um one of my most quoted lines, and I don't even know why it is, is what Nandor says in that one where he's just like our street and Ashley Street. Because anytime me and my wife are talking about streets, we always just say that um, because it's funny to us. But like him in there where he's like lording over someone and he's trying to get um Laszlo's hat, his witch hat with the anus that puckers on the back of your, your head. It's so fucking funny. Um, but as soon as they bring him back and they bring him back with the exact same intent, I was like, I know exactly where this is going. And it became immediately unfunny to me. And it was a little bit rough. I liked the bug woman that he had with him. But other than that, it was the one it, that Guillermo kills. Yeah, because Guillermo rules, and Guillermo is a sweet summer child and needs to be protected at all costs. I oh, love Guillermo. <laughs> Topher, Topher is also another least favorite character of mine. Uh, which is sad because I love Joel Osment, and I love that he was up for that. But, but um, I mean... Dose I apples. Do, yeah. Topher! I, I love what this show does in the sense of the horror world, because... Uh, I feel like I've said this a thousand times on here before, but I am a very big horror guy. You so, get out of town. Right. Um, and so the fact that it, it focuses on vampires, like that's the bulk of the show, is really cool. But they they bring in all these other more or less classic universal style monsters. Sorry, my phone's going off. It's um, okay. You're ruining other, like, the podcast, but it's fine. I know. I'm very unprofessional. Um, I, my wife's out running a half marathon right now, so I kind of have to pay attention to that just in case she like falls and breaks her hip and I have to go pick her up. Wait, how um, is she running a half marathon if they're not having marathons? They are. They are. So she hasn't even started yet. Um, it's actually it's uh, so it's um, blah, 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 blah. You can cut this if you want. Uh, it's interesting. Um, it is like delayed releases. So she has to show up at a certain time and they're only sending like one person every like 10 seconds or something like that. So it's like, it's really like, so they're trying to maintain the social distance while people are running. Um, she's done it a couple of times now. She hasn't gotten the Corona, so she's going to keep on doing it, which is fair. Are you um, showing up in your hazmat suit? No, I'm not going to pick her up. She drove herself. Fuck that. <laughs> um, she, she, she. Uh, so for her job, she's actually getting tested every week. Um, so she was tested last Friday, and she's clear. And that is how I am testing myself for the coronavirus because I feel that if she is positive, then I'm probably positive, and if as long as she's negative, I am safe. <laughs> so we're good. No, but it, it's social distancing enough, and I think you have to wear masks up until the point when you start. So it's it's as safe as it can get, and it, it's also reduced entrance and like i said like they're social distancing the starts because it's usually these things start at like 7 30 and she doesn't start her she wasn't supposed to go until 9 45 and she just texted me saying i haven't started yet there are still 100 people in front of her so they are very very slow and she is going to be pissed when she gets home i can tell you that but i will mute this right now so <laughs> whatever my wife is gonna die but it's your fault scott thanks um, Thanks. What was I talking about? Oh, so I love that they do other horror style stuff. So, like the Babadook. Like the Babadooks in this. Um, there's an. I'm not a Babadook. Involves... I'm a Badabook. Badabook. 
Um, they do vampires. They do werewolves. The werewolf stuff has been fine. I hope they do more like what they did in the movie. I loved what they did with werewolves in the movie. So the um, werewolf episode was written by one of my old bosses at The Daily Show. Josh Lee wrote that episode. Oh, cool. I like that episode. I thought it was and really good. I totally... So so the crazy thing is, I we just on the podcast had uh, Rob Kuttner, who was a writer on The Daily Show when I was there. On cool. as a guest, um, he wanted to do behind the music journey. <laughs> um, right. um, but like Josh was another writer who is so nice, and like I can tell their writing style, like certain things that they would say in real life. So I knew for a fact that in the werewolf episode, Laszlo, not Laszlo, Nandor picking the the squeaky toy and throwing it. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely a Josh Lieb joke. <laughs> like. <laughs> Very clearly, his he has a style. So th- they also do like werewolves. They've done witches. They've done zombies. They've done necromancers. Like I love that idea of like a horror world. Like, well, you know, I love that the necromancer was um, B.D. Wong, Benedict Benny Wong, as they call him, Benedict Wong, because B.D. Wong is the the guy from um, Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Uh, might be. I thought they called him BD as well. Uh, no, but they. It's funny listening to them talk about like behind the scenes stuff because they just call him Benny, and I'm just like, wait a minute. Oh, Benedict. Oh, yes, Benny. Call him and, Benny. Because because he's in he's in Doctor Strange and he's Wong in that and he's a necromancer. So you know why else wouldn't would you cast him? It, oh, I love that he's like a shyster too. Like he's like. Just like someone who you assume is like fake and like, oh, because when he's resurrecting Teddy, he's just like, oh, yeah, um, and $300. I can't stress the $300. Like, it's just so funny. Well, so uh, in the witches episode, that was supposed to, they got Lucy Punch, who if you've seen anything British, she's she's been in everything. She's been in Hot Fuzz. She's been in uh, Cinder. Uh, cinderella or ever after oh is she the 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 bad shakespearean actress in hot fuzz yeah (laughs) okay i know exactly who that is now but they got her because they couldn't they were trying to get nicole kidman because of practical magic and they they couldn't get nicole kidman and lucy punches friends with them so she just did it but she's like yeah i used to get mistaken for in the early 90s i used to get mistaken for nicole kidman and then she married someone famous and i didn't get mistaken for her anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah that'll that'll do it um that's funny but the entire this entire episode i think the thing that i like about it is just how like they know their demographic they know their crowd they know like what people want to see and then you don't realize that you want to see it like i had no idea that i would have loved to see all of these famous actors who have been in these vampire movies just show up and i hope they do it again i hope i hope tilda swinton comes back with her boyfriend tom (laughs) (laughs) that'd be awesome i mean there's so many vampire actors that they could totally have show up i'm surprised that wait there's a flaw in the logic here <laughs> because they said Brad didn't want to show up, but Guillermo talked about how much he loves the movie interview with the vampire and how he based wanting to be a vampire after Antonio Banderas an interview yep. with a vampire. 
yeah, that's a little odd. Um, I actually hadn't thought about that, but that's a really good point. That, that's one of those. So that's always a weird thing. Um, when you have TV shows or movies that reference other movies, but then there are like shared actors like that. I've never, I didn't think about that one before. So there's a couple of like ways that you can think about it. Maybe in that movie, some in this universe, someone else played the Brad Pitt role. Like that's possible. Or maybe in this in this movie or in this world, um, Antonio Banderas is just actually a vampire. Like that's also a possibility because I'm surprised they didn't try and get him for something just based on you know Guillermo's love of him. How great would it be if if he uh, he accidentally kills Antonio Banderas? <laughs> That would suck. That's not funny at all, Scott. Don't make that joke. Like he's a vampire <laughs> I'm just hunter, I'm just kidding. and and he he's <laughs> Antonio Banderas offers to turn him into a vampire, and he's about to do it, and like the fight or flight, and Guillermo just he kills him. <laughs> that would actually be that's amazing. I would love that to happen. Like just him, like because you know the idea of like killing your idol or like accidentally usurping it in that way. That would like. Shatter that was such a perfect character building moment for Guillermo, and it would like shatter even more than his his worldview has been shattered. It would destroy it. Um, I would love that because also he act he's very good at accidentally killing vampires because he does it in this episode. Yeah, he like shoves one against like a sconce or something like that because like, they they set tail. it up. He breaks the sconce, and he feels bad about it, and he's trying to put it back. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, just trying to get warm. And she goes, those are LED lights. I mean, Jesus, we would have the fire commissioner up our ass. So funny. I love when they get into bureaucracy on this show. Right? Like, they like, act, like it's stuff that they've had to actually acclimate to and like actually think about. It's so, it's so good. Um, my favorite episode, I know I had said previously that I wanted to do um, the one before this, The Night Out. The one I actually wanted to do, now that I remember, is The Curse, which is a very Guillermo-centric episode. It's the one where Guillermo has joined um, a mosquito-hating party, also known as a vampire-hunting society, um, starring, why can't I think of Daryl's name? I feel like it's Craig. Craig Robinson. I was going to say Craig Robinson, but like that's too close to Colin Robinson. Uh, yeah, Craig Robinson. Like Take he's like leading it. off. <laughs> and like, they're going to this, this like... It's like a '80s vampire house, like this weird, like Manson family style cult thing. I mean, less than that, but more like you know, like the the possessed children's type stuff. Yeah. It's so creepy. And Guillermo fucking like murders the entire family, which becomes a plot point for later in the season. Uh, season. That's why that part of the reason why they're summoned um, before the council. Again. I know that that kid is going to come back. the The kid who is a uh, one of the vampire hunters. He's totally going to be. A, I'm. I bet you he's going to be a vampire. I hope that'd be awesome. I want to see the vampire hunters come back. Like I'm, they weren't in the rest of the season, um, and I was like really, really sad about that because I actually really loved them. Like there was um, the actress, I don't remember her name, but she was Beanie Feldstein's roommate from the first season, and she came back and yeah, like, she was talking about Beanie. I so know good. that actress. She she was um, the sister in Brigsby Bear, and she was uh, Will Ferrell's daughter. In the house, Ryan something is her name. I just can't remember, but Which yeah, is, she, fine. She, she was, was so she was also in uh, Lady Bird with Beanie Feldstein. Yeah, obviously. Come on, man. Jeez, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I have. I have an excuse. You, Scott. This is the writer's bagel basket. You're supposed to be the knowledgeable boy. 
Yeah, you usually well, are, man. You're, you're dropping the ball. I'm embarrassed to be here right now. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just kidding. Wait, come back. No, no don't. Don't. Um, but, like, I love her joke about, like, not knowing how to pronounce words. Topiary, 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 yeah. Bushes. <laughs> so fun. An- another, another joke is season two, Guillermo grew on me because of how, like, paranoid he became, having to stay up all the time and and fight off vampires, that he's eating all of these uh uh, chocolate-covered espresso beans. And the joke that just made me laugh so hard is when Nando goes, are those your poops? Oh, you really need to drink water. <laughs> so good. He He's even eating beans. his poops. <laughs> He's eating his poops. Um, Nandor we haven't talked that much about. Um, I love Nandor's indifference to, like, everything. Um, just, like... Because uh, Guillermo wants to become Guillermo is Nandor's familiar, and Guillermo wants to be a, uh, a become a vampire. And, and there's another episode called I think it's called The Return, which yeah. um, focuses on one of Nandor's previous um, familiars who has come back to uh, want to finish his uh, his training, or he wants to become a vampire. But uh, Nandor had hypnotized him into forgetting everything. Um, and I just love that Nandor is such a fucking scumbag in that sense where, like, you know he's never going to give Guillermo what he wants. And I love that Guillermo has a clear arc. Um, the rest of the vampires, less so. But Guillermo, like, actively changes and grows. And that is the main reason why he's my favorite character. Because he goes through so much. And from one episode to the next, he has a very clear line of um, growth, which is... Not unprecedented in a show like this, but you know, you never hear about Colin Robinson's relationship with Evie ever again, or you never hear about Colin Robinson's promotion, or they occasionally bring back things like Nandor liking the uh, 1992 Dream Team because he wears uh, his basketball shorts in one episode. Uh, but it's very rare that like they continue those lines. Um, but Guillermo gets growth, and that's why he is my favorite. Yeah, and we really haven't really been talking very much about the specific episode we were going to talk uh, about. But it, I mean, I'm with sorry. the with the TV shows, what we've always done, it's always just been boilerplate. It's always just been like, because like the Standard. episode itself. So when when they when all of these ravens start showing up, because the episode starts with them burying the Baron between Laszlo's two favorite uh, topiaries, <laughs> which is of. Nadia's vagina and of, of his mother's vagina. Yeah. He basically turns all of these plants to I vagina. I guess it's his based favorite. It's based on Edward Scissorhands, right? It I has would to imagine be. like probably um cuz I I can't think of any other topiary jokes <laughs> or references. So I would imagine Edward Scissorhands. So like basically the thing that makes me laugh in this episode is they get caught caught red-handed by all of these ravens um for the crime that they committed that they're supposed to be defending and in the actual trial i love how no one thinks that that guillermo could actually kill the baron because he's so weak and then they're about to do it they're about to kill guillermo they're gonna eat him should we just kill him and call it the day yeah why not oh n- lunch light snack what do you think, Wesley? Who is this motherfucker now? This glass is motherfucker. It's lunch, Wesley. Lunch. Oh, yeah. No! 
I cannot abide by this. Get to the point. You've got a point to make? Listen to me. We're all listening. You got everyone's listening. Everyone. Isaac. Stop what they were doing. We're all about to chomp down on this guy. And then you said, oh, I'm going to say something. Speak. It was we no. who killed the Baron. <laughs> and, lunch? and Nandor just protects him. And that shows growth in Nandor. It it does. It um so Nandor does have a little bit of growth in that sense, but he always regresses pretty quickly. Like, um, I feel that he does have Guillermo's best interest at heart, but he is very conceited and has been that like that for you know hundreds of years at this point. So it's harder for him to change than it is for Guillermo. Um specifically in the episode where I believe it's the return as well. Um so Nando or Guillermo sees that nothing's going to happen, and he and he leaves to go become another vampire's familiar. Vampire. <laughs> she in quotes. is not a familiar. She's not a vampire. She's actually a familiar. Va- yeah, vampire in quotes. Um, and Nandor once Guillermo leaves realizes how good he had it with with Guillermo, and so he goes and gets him back. And then like Guillermo's like getting breaks and stuff like that continues in the next couple. But Nandor like. In the moment, he's like, "Yes, I want Guillermo back because I, 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 I was better with him." But it, it almost feels very selfish and very inward. And there are those flashes of, um, of what am I trying to say here? Of wanting to protect Guillermo. But even then, I think when when the chips are down, because I, I haven't watched it in in a couple weeks at this point. But for the the last episode. The um when they're up on the the stage, doesn't he throw Guillermo under the bus? He's like, yes, it was he Guillermo. Like so, like he like actively yes, tries to. Yes, it was Gizmo. <laughs> yes. So like they all do. Um, but which to be fair, it they actually don't know that it was him, but they think no, Nandor does because doesn't Nandor see? Nandor protects Guillermo because he sees Guillermo kill um Simon's friend, Caroline. That's it. And like so, yeah, Nandor. Okay. Nandor's a comp. They're all complex characters, but Nandor uh, has has some complex parts. Because I just love when Nandor says he's like, "Gamo, did you kill Caroline?" Yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. I don't know why I'm doing Ricky Ricardo. It's like really hard to do. <laughs> Gamo, you have I, some splaining to do. That's the big. I was like, I can't remember what his big catchphrase was. But yeah, like oh, speaking of catchphrases, Nandor's catchphrase is my absolute favorite. Fucking guy. <laughs> I also I also love when um the discretion that Nadia tries to have with people when talking to the camera, she's like, "I don't want to say his name." And and Lazar's like, "I'll say his fucking name. His name is fucking Mike and he's a douchebag." <laughs> fucking Mike. So good. The orgy is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, the orgy is definitely up there. I the orgy I love because once again it's a Guillermo thing. But like the the turmoil that Guillermo goes through with like um sent like sacrificing his, his one of his only real life friends to the vampires is such a fun little like pull and push to watch. And like when Nandor meet I forget the name of this friend, but when Nandor meets Guillermo's friend in the party store, it's so fucking funny it's just, like i just kid like just gets a nosebleed and then or just like and he like licks the blood off the ground fucking great this entire series is just so smart and like it just proves that 
Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement are unstoppable with like certain things. Absolutely. Especially Taika Waititi. <laughs> Absolutely, which is part of the reason why I'm nervous for the third season. So so as of as it stands right now, this is probably my favorite show. It's definitely my favorite. Yeah, probably my favorite show on TV. Um, at least that's airing like right now. It, it is hysterical. I wish there was more of it. But I'm a little bit reticent for the next season, specifically because um, Jermaine Clement has now left the writer's room. And so but it's Johnny me- Bro is still one of the showrunners and... Is he? Uh, I don't even know he was one. Yeah, someone like like, like Deacon. One of them. Is that Johnny Bro. I thought it was just Jermaine. I I might be wrong. No, I'm pretty sure someone who had had was one of their original producing partners is staying on the show. Exactly. I mean, they're all still executive producing it, but it yeah. Jermaine Clement, Taika, Paul Sims, Scott Rudin. Eli Bush, Garrett Bosch, Stephanie Robinson. Those are the exec producers, regular producers. Uh, Joanne Toll, Hartley Gorenstein, Kyle Newichek, Derek S. Rappaport. I know that name. But like, I think I'm, I'm specifically talking writer's room. Um, Jermaine Clement is no longer going to be a part of it. And I think it's now whoever was there before. So I'm sure it'll still be fine. But I'm a little bit nervous without like, you know, the original creators. You're worried like, of a Dan Harmon situation. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I like, don't think I that's going to happen because Taika Waititi, even though he's like busy making movies and stuff, this property is so important to him that like they send him the scripts and he reads them and he's like, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. That's good. Hopefully that happens. And Jermaine Clement is still going to be the executive producer. He's... So they have to run these scripts by him. So I, okay, I'm not well, that, as worried. That gives me, that gives me better, better <laughs> hope. I Come on, Dwight fucking there. guy. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here. I'm just here doing it. You know what else is interesting um, about this is, so there's another TV show based around what we do in the shadows. I'm sure you know this. What, do you? Which one? Oh, it's called Wellington Paranormal. Um Oh, I, but that, that only airs in New Zealand, right? It does only air in New Zealand, yes. But there is another TV show that is based around... So in um, Wellington, apparently, is where they are now that I remember. Yeah. Um, in the TV show, or in the original movie, there's a couple of police officers that are like that show up from time to time. And this is a TV show based around them in... Excuse me? Based Gross. around them... Thank you. Based around them in the town where the original movie takes place, or the city where the original takes yeah, place. Yeah, because I knew they were making a show of it, but it never came to America. So I just assumed that the pilot wasn't good, and they just didn't do anything with it. It, it is, according to this, it says it's still airing. It, it's a New Zealand show, so there's been two seasons. There's only been thirteen episodes. They had a Christmas special last year. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay seven ninety nine for Acorn TV, so I might get to see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to um, see it ever. Oh wow, they've released a bunch of COVID nineteen messages this year uh, from that actual uh, show. But I mean, that's cool. I know that. Um, I think Nick is the name of the vampire that gets turned in um, what yeah. we do in the Shadows movie. I know he shows up in Wellington Paranormal. Um, so it's really kind of cool though that this little mockumentary movie has spawned an entire world worth of content i really like that so how many bagels oh 13 
Fucking yeah. this this show is so good. This show is so good. Every episode's a thirteen. I don't give a shit. Even if I don't like the episode, thirteen. Thirteen <laughs> bagels done. Not even a question. So good. Love it. Especially this episode. Love it. Nothing wrong. So done. if you, how about if yourself? <laughs> thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you as you said. I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> um. So Dwight's going to be back later this month to talk about Gersperms. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the Gersperm. Oh my god, I forgot about that meme. Oh my god, oh my god, Now before we go, um, we always do this when we record multiple episodes back to back because that's what we do. Don't forget to do all of your promotions because you all we we never remember to do them in our in the first episode that we do. So go ahead and do all your promotions. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Please like the fucking Facebook page. I'm not paying $100 to get people to like our page. So be a decent human being. Like our Facebook page. You're not buying bots is what you're saying. I gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Can I promote some of my stuff? I know you asked me this at one point, but I I actually have stuff to promote now. You said no, so... That's true. It's true because I, I wasn't doing that much, but I've actually been streaming on Twitch. Um, no refunds podcast on Twitch or twitch.tv. No refunds podcast. Um, I stream whenever the fuck I want. And this month I'm doing spooky games, uh, playing Resident Evil and a bunch of other spooky games, Friday the 13th, things like that. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh, spooky. It's been fun. Bill and Ted's and- Excellent Adventure. <laughs> Uh, I don't own that one yet. Um, I, I sent you the. I, I sent I you. Know, the- <laughs> I, I I saw it. I know you did, and I knew it existed, but I don't own that one. I own several Back to the Future games. I should do an '80s movie game night. Although that's half of them are just the horror movies that I've been playing. Um, I beat Jaws on stream, and I beat Friday the Thirteenth uh, NES on stream, which I've never done before in my life. I'm very happy. And um, you know, we, uh, so I also have a podcast as well, and we just recently had. Uh, his name was uh, Ricky from Sound Guy Gaming on. He is uh, one of the audio techs for um, All Time Low and several other bands. So that was cool. Go and check that one out. Episode 61. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Hell is a Musical. Uh, we je- By time this episode comes out, our October episode still hasn't come out yet. But Hell is a Musical. This month we're doing Little Shop of Horrors. So... Uh, and David Allen Prescott, who has been on this podcast, is the guest. And uh, please like that. Go to Zero Science Network. Listen to those podcasts. Um, but Hell's Musical, we have a whole bunch of stuff planned for... We have, Dwight, we basically have our entire season ready to record. Like I was going to say, how many podcasts do you do now? Just those two. And then, like, I've been asked... Did you do that to- Urkel one? Oh yeah, so I have I have three. Okay, that's pretty impressive. And but then I'm asked to be on like Rock Candy, Make It Stop. I'm always on Jukebox Zeros. Like I think I hold the rest record. I would have to talk to Lils about this. I think I'm the guest who's on the most on that one. Um, who has? Am been I the on guest the most? who's? Am I still the guest who's been on this episode? This this show the most? I think you and Haley. I was gonna say Haley is probably could give me a run for my money at this point, but I also had like the first like ten. Yeah, no, you had more than the first. I know I did. I know I did. I was on the first like twenty five or something. Thirty two. Thirty. Oh well, Scott's better knows more than I do. No, there was a couple of those that I wasn't actually I that I had to miss, and Haley filled in for me. Yeah, that yeah that was my official co-hosting duties, which I was. She had to fill in for eight, 
you you got up to 40 so 32 oh there we go okay fair enough fair enough um so yeah uh the goosebumps episode we're watching later in the month if you want to watch with us because next episode i believe is the all the horror crossover for um the all the horror group we're doing flatliners with flix x-rayed so we're doing the 1990s Flix, uh, Flatliners and Flix X-Raid is doing the 2017 and it's bad. Both Flatliners are bad. So I've never seen them. So, so I, I, think, I think they're fucking great. <laughs> awesome. Later in the month, uh, watch Say Cheese or Die from Goosebumps with Dwight and I. Yeah, it's, a, it's an episode. You'll hear it the next time I'm here. Yep. So, uh, Dwight, buddy, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast, and I, I could talk about this show forever. So, um, this was an easy one. Spoiler alert. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be a dick, but I didn't even rewatch this episode before we did this. I just know it. Like this, I have seen this show so many times. I don't need to rewatch any of them. It's so good. Well, Inside Baseball for this podcast, I had to watch it because I needed something to get my mind going. Because now that we're recording, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I had True. been without power for four, for th- like four days. <laughs> so, so I needed rough. something to get the old noodle going. Um, so until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. Bye.